You have always been used to men creating small wins. You are now experiencing a man that feeds asparagus to dolphins. Light skinned Latino, see how they espanol. My lingo was bilingual, get it popping like a Pringle. Here we go again, feeling fresh in the game. Redder hat, cock grin, crispy white airs. Maltese on my chain, haters turn their heads, saying, damn, ain't fresh change. Welcome to Washington's most controversial, the most raw, unfiltered, uncut podcast. Hosted by Seattle-based Commander-in-Chief of Laughter, General Mutombo. Love from Washington State, USA. General Mutombo Uncut Podcast, you know, the most outrageous podcast that I bring you all these talented people that you guys need to know. And today, like any other day, I got a special guest for you, my man. This guy, I've never even met him, but his vibes, you know, vibes don't lie. Vibes knows vibes. This guy, uh, we've been friends on Instagram um, for three, four, almost a whole year. Fresh C. Fresh C, the rapper, the entrepreneur. He's a musician. He has his own podcast. He's just one conglomerate of a hustler. So welcome to the show, ladies, my bro, my brother. Talk to me, Fresh C. How are you doing this morning? I'm good, brother. How are you doing? I'm doing good, and I just want to compliment you. That was a that was an awesome intro. That's that's really really cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel I feel like everybody every time you introduce them, make him feel like you know Mark Henry at the wrestling with his sweaty self and curly jelly jelly curls when he walks on on, on you know what I'm saying into the arena. Make him feel like he's about to win. Oh no, of course. I mean, I I could I could definitely hear the crowd chanting. That was a uh, that was awesome. <laughs> you know what How I mean? How you doing, man? No, I'm I'm doing great. Uh, everything is good. I mean, life is good. Yeah, yeah. I, how are you doing though? I'm good. I'm good. You know, trying to balance off um, my craft um, <laughs> and with the future of the craft because of COVID. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, strategizing, re-strategizing, trying to see how I'm gonna move a lot more things online because now I, I can't perform on stage anymore. Or has it been for you? Or, or have you been strategizing for next year? Um, you know, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be 100% transparent. Um, even before the the pandemic, um, even though I work in real time, so to speak, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I actually do a lot of stuff ahead of time. And so thankfully, uh, you know, by the man upstairs in the universe um, ha- has given me that 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 goal and that attention to always work ahead of time. So luckily enough, thankfully enough, gracefully enough. None of this yeah. really affected me. The only thing that it really affected primarily is touring. Um, you know, that's yeah, where a lot yeah. of my, yeah, my, yeah, my yeah, yeah, that's where that's where a lot of my overhead as a musician comes yeah. from is, you know, shaking hands and, and, and meeting people around the world. And unfortunately, that was probably the most uh, impacted portion of my life. But I mean, other than that, I just found other ways to pivot. Uh, my friend that that's all I did is I'm already planned up to 2025 and so I'm yeah that's what's up that's what's up yeah I just um you know growing up I didn't really have anything or anybody and so I just always depended on myself and so I uh 
instead of you know and i'm not i'm i'm not uh pointing fingers at nobody it's just my own style but i've never blamed anybody for anything if i lose and i'm losing or i my mindset is incorrect that's my fault i don't blame people you know what i mean but i blame myself and so i always take full accountability so i looked at the situation um as soon as it started hitting really big uh i was actually flying back from seattle and this is uh, this year right in march right uh february yeah we'll, february, we're, yeah, we're, yeah. We're, okay and so that's when i started catching wind from some of my other uh music friends in the industry and they're like hey just letting you know there's some things going on in the world that's probably going to hit news within the next month or so and, and i was like okay yeah whatever no big deal and uh, a lot of the uh you know promoters and stuff i started getting emails saying hey we're postponing this tour we're postponing this festival and i started scratching my head i'm like these people know something that I don't know. So I kind of started digging around and I started okay. uh, hearing some things on the East Coast and they're trying to keep things kind of quiet. So I have a really good friend, an engineer in New York, and he was like, hey, this uh, there's like a uh, and he called it a plague, which is, a, okay. I mean, a bad term to use. But he was like, hey, there, there's some sickness going on. And, you know, word on the street or word in the industry is it's it's coming full circle. And okay. I took I took that as word as bond because he he's a he's a very high scale person and I was like all right okay cool what am I gonna do so immediately this is on my flight coming home from Seattle I okay. already started putting records and putting things into play uh, and just started really 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 digging my cleats into the dirt and I'm like okay something's about to happen and then literally three and a half weeks the whole world came undone and I was like oh man yeah that, you, you were saved by the bell right there. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for that portion of advice that my friend, you know, handed me in that time because those I are the friends that. we need. That's those are the friends we need. That's beautiful. Yeah, and 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 you know, I'm sure you know just as well as I do. They're hard to come by. Oh man, when you find them, you hold them <laughs> close like a diamond ring, bro. Yes. Um, so let me ask you something. Let me take you take us back a little bit. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite memory of you growing up? Like when you were a child, give us something. I uh, you be like, yo, man, I missed this part. Man, I mean, um, to be honest, playing games, retro, old school games like Nintendo, which hey, Nintendo, which, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, you know, so like playing playing retro games, uh, which I'm starting to do now on my off time on Twitch, but retro video games because as a kid, I really couldn't afford much, and so when my mother got me, you know, uh, an NES and Nintendo, um, it, it was my escape from the world that I lived in, outside doing music, outside that kind of stuff. Um, it was an escape, you know, instead of hearing gunshots and stuff like that, I was hearing Super Mario sound effects, you know, and I would really, I would really tune that in to tune the world out. So that, I know it's a little bit unorthodox, but that's really, really like my most fondest memory is that and comic books. Cause I love comic books. (laughs) Okay. What's your favorite comic book? What is your favorite comic book? Man, it's kind of a tie, but I will say this, my... My favorite characters are, are mostly Marvel, but my favorite character okay. is Gambit. And Gambit is like, hey. I've, o- I've always okay. liked Gambit. First off, none of my friends like Gambit at all. Nobody. Absolutely Why? Nobody. Because he was too, like, he wasn't the highlighted character. You know, as a kid back in the 90s, I, and, and excuse yeah. me, I, I don't mean to assume, I have no idea what, what the age bracket is, but in the 90s, you know, Gambit yes. wasn't a highlighted character. You know what I mean? He wasn't. Mm. He wasn't Punisher. He wasn't the front. Correct. Yeah, he was. He wasn't the guy on all the TVs. He was the mysterious guy in the background that 
mm-hmm. he wasn't necessarily a villain, but he wasn't villain, necessarily yeah, a hero. hero. Yeah. Right. And I always, um, as a kid, even now, like I identify with things that I can relate to, and I related to Gambit mm-hmm. as a character. And so I always mm-hmm. really, really enjoyed enjoyed the synopsis and the plots and certain things that he was involved in. So yeah. I related I related to uh Tintin. Remember mm. Tintin? Oh yeah. The, the investigator with the little dog because I was always like trying to figure things out. Like what's going on here? This doesn't make sense to me. I like that. No, that's that's very <laughs> that's very unique. It's really cool because we both have unique insight. Cause uh, and I'm yeah, not like, I want to see something. Yep. And I'm not generalizing anybody, but most of the time when you hear characters, you're gonna hear Spider-Man, you're gonna hear Batman, yeah, and I hear Wolverine. Superman, <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna say, I'm gonna figure it out. Makes sense. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, let me talk to me. So, at what point uh, in your journey did you the music juice start flowing in you? When did you begin your music journey? I would say at five years old. Um, my mother always had, uh, you know, just to give a little bit of background, my, my mother was Caucasian and, and my father was Latino. So I'm, I'm, you know, a mixed breed. So it was already hard. It was already hard for me in the neighborhood that I lived in because of the fact that my mother was white and, you know, my, my neighborhood was predominantly uh, 99.9% minority. And so the funny thing about it is, um, basically the, the way that I looked at life was I didn't fit in already. You know what I mean? And so yeah. a friend of mine who was a brother, he gave me an NWA tape at six years old. And he was just like, um, he was like, yo, you need to be listening to this. This is what's going on where we live. Cause I lived in California. So I witnessed the riots. Yeah. I, w- I w- I've been, I was there for a lot of these things that shaped my life. Oh, he's sorry. My yeah. Life. yeah. Yeah, and so he was like, yo, you need to listen to NWA. And I was like, all right, word. So I popped the the tape in. I had this old school, and these are shitty. Uh, can I cuss, by the way? Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, I'm and, and so uh-huh. back in the day, they had these really terrible tape players. I couldn't afford a Walkman. So I had this GPX. It's a terrible brand. Yeah, Walkman, oh, for, Walkman, Walkman, where you had to, you, you might be upper middle class if your your daddy gives you Walkman because you gotta account for the for the, the battery. Oh, of course, yeah. And so I had the, I, I had mm-hmm. this crappy GPX, and you know okay. I listened to the tape. So I was six years old at this time, and I was listening to it in like Easy E and Ice Cube their verses and the things that they were saying was exactly what I was seeing out my window. And I'm like, wow, this, you know, even as a young kid, you know, I was very intelligent and I was very intuitive. So I would always soak up things um, that would help me. And so I'm like, wow, this is kind of like journalism. Now for a six-year-old to even look at it just as that, like, wow, this is journalism is something that I couldn't identify with any of the other friends on my street. They had no idea what that, what that word even meant. And so I'm like, wow, these guys are like journalists illustrating what we're seeing every day. I like this. And so that was where the the, the tick kind of went off. And then, uh, of course, Tupac. Tupac was my all-time favorite, and I would study his poetry. Mm-hmm. You know, and I call Tupac's music poetry yeah. because um, in his early years, in the very, very early years, um, when he was with Digital Underground and those kinds of guys and Tupacalypse Now came out, it was a lot more political and me having more friends that were brothers and, and Latinos, like we understood that, you know what I mean? Like I understood the struggle and stuff he was talking about. 
And so, yeah, six years old is really where it came about. And NWA and Tupac were, to me, like the forefathers of uh, these were the people that I would listen to their music intuitively all the time and learn from them. It was like a book, you know, a book. To you, to you, this journey of music to you is not like a one, it's a multifaceted thing for you. It's a multifaceted journey that does not only go to just lyricism. You're a rapper, you produce, you, you're a, you're a whole Amazon production <laughs> level of I, music. I, I, how, did you, how did you do it? How did you, like, like I'm going to learn how to play an instrument, I'm going to learn how to mix, I'm going to learn how to record. How, how did you get to that level? A lot of artists are not there. Today. I mean, to be honest, I just, I respected where I came from and the struggles that I went through. And what I wanted to do is I looked around every day, every day in my life, walking to school was like, um, you know, it was, it was haunting to be honest. Uh, you know, if you made it, if you made it to school, that's half of the goal. If you made it home from school, that was like a celebration. When you walk, if you walked in the door and you know, you weren't bleeding, you didn't lose no teeth or your shoes or your backpack and you're alive. That was an accomplishment. Yeah. And so I just wanted to learn how to make music so I would seek guidance anywhere. So there used to be this old recording studio, uh, maybe two and a half miles away from my home. That was super, um, I would just say anything that you can embody, if, if you could picture, right? Picture a canvas and let's okay. say the canvas, the art name is just says ghetto. It doesn't say the, it doesn't say the artist's name. It doesn't okay. explain the picture. the picture, but when you look at it, yeah, when you look at it, the only vision or, or, or perception and understanding of that painting is really your own, right? Mm. And so you, some people might see flames and turmoil, riots, racism, segregation, all these other all things. All these things. You see something else. Yeah. Yeah, I saw something else. I looked at it and I was like, wow, this is beautiful art. It's not terrible. So when, once I started to look at life differently, that's when I got really, really... Uh, like went down a rabbit hole with music. I, I got a Casio piano. I had no idea how to play piano. I couldn't afford lessons. I just started playing. So anything I would get my hands on, new tapes, new music, and it wasn't all rap. I listened Never. to jazz. Okay. I listened to um, not so much country, but I would no, listen to jazz. I would listen uh -huh. to um, bebop. I would listen to um, a lot of classical. I would listen to rock, heavy metal, grunge. Okay. Um, basically just about um, anything, reggae, all kinds of just different music because I wanted to learn. So you got to think most kids learn by watching TV at that time, or most kids learn by maybe they read books. Um, mm. I didn't. I listened to music all day, all night, any chance, any new tape, any new artist, any new, whatever I could get my hands on, I would absorb it and learn from it. And so um, just kind of to put it all into perspective, I was just always seeking to learn. I wanted to learn how to make music. I wanted mm. to understand the music. And I and I had it in my head at eight years old. I told myself, as a matter of fact, it's crazy. My grandmother just gave me the note that I wrote to her. And um, those, uh, what are they, Crayola water markers. And it says, Grandma, I'm going to be a famous rapper one day. Wait, and I was, eight, okay. I was eight years old. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I know that feeling when you're holding the spoon or a cooking stick and you're acting like that's your first mic. Yes, hundred oh, percent. I would sing in the, 
Go ahead. I would sing in the mirror. I would sing in the mirror. I would rap on my way to school. But really, really, where the where harnessing the art form came from is um, at nine years old. I started getting involved in freestyle battles. So Ooh. from nine to twelve, I would go to this barbershop, and I was a little kid. You know, I walk in there, and they're like, "Who the fuck is this? Who is this guy?" You know, Ooh, you're like, "Yeah, yeah, okay." You know, you're like three foot eight on a good day. Like, who is <laughs> you know what I mean? And these were all, for the most part, grown men. These were people 18, 18 years old and higher. Just, you know, you got, uh, and, and at this time too, where I was growing up, it's heavy gang culture. So there's certain parts of the city that you can't go to unless you have a pass. But in this sector, anybody could go. It, it was basically a, a melting pot for culture. Asian, black, white, Hispanic, mm. whatever. Nobody cared. Once you go into that door, okay. nobody cared what color skin you were. Nobody cared what color you banged. None of that mattered. All that mattered is you came with your skill set. You treated everybody with respect. And there was absolutely no acceptance for violence whatsoever. So it was really what this individual, and rest in peace, he, he died uh, 11 years ago, unfortunately. The, the okay. gentleman that owned this barbershop. Right. He didn't really he did not really know how much he was saving people's lives on the streets because you know we had we had all this stuff you know all this chaos like I said the canvas but right. when we went there it was safe we, we could have fun we could laugh we could joke we could crack could jokes on yeah positive you know? yeah yeah and then you learn about other people's cultures that's where I learned mm -hmm. so much you know, from nine to 12 about other people, about, uh, you know, and I, and I, when I say other people, I mean, I didn't even know the person, what people were like on two blocks away from me because I wasn't allowed to go there. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So you opened your mind, you became yeah, a wider so, person, you expanded your horizon. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, no, it, it, it shaped my life and it saved it. It definitely it shaped it and saved it because at that time, all I had looking for, forward to is, uh, you know, either picking up a basketball, going to jail, or getting killed. And so I kind of created a different lane. I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to be none of that. I'm going to go in here and I'm just going to rap. And by no means am I saying I was the dopest MC. I got annihilated at nine years old by grown men. But by the time I turned 10, man, I was a writing machine. I had punchlines. Yeah, you were right. Yep. Uh -huh. Yeah, I, I would take my little uh, mead. Note, notebook and I would okay. on the way walking to battle I would study these um, I would study a theosaurus at school okay. on okay. lunch while I'm eating and then I would come up with words and it was like a puzzle to me and so I put mm. puzzle pieces together and then when I went to the battle scene at 10 years old when I sharpened my sword uh, so to speak they were like wow this kid is 10 years old and like he's got he's bars spitting. he's spitting he got bars yeah. Yeah, and so that was kind of like my turning point where I knew like, okay, like I fit in here. This is what I want to do. Mm, beautiful, man. Let me ask you, so you're on the music, you're 10 years old. I'm a dial real quickly up front and see uh, you're on your first tour. And uh, based on the little, um, little research I found out, you went on your, one of your first tours in 2017, correct? Yes, yep. That was my first, uh, my first official um I would say, yeah, the first time I ever hit the road, we went all over the state. Yeah, hit the road. Brief intermission tour. What's your favorite memory related to this project, bro? Um, so, so the first tour I went on, I, I toured twice in that same year. So the first okay. year I was an opener, 
And what I did okay. on that tour is every single city and state I went to, while everybody okay. was smoking weed and partying and getting girls in the green room, I was out looking mm -hmm. and trying to make new fans. I went to comic book stores. I went to record stores. I would talk to yeah. people in the audience. I was never hanging out. I was never hanging out. Mm. And so what I did is while I was on tour with somebody else, I was building my next tour. So now brief intermission tour the same year yes. the first time I did it all by myself and these were off of oh. people that I met on the first tour being an opener because I, I was like okay it's cool I understand I gotta pay my dues so I go as an opener killed it but instead yeah, it. Yep. but instead of playing around I went and I looked for resources the same 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 10 year old kid you know same 10 year old kid looking for 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 knowledge and looking to where I could you know where I could soak it in yes you are hungry for it Yes, very, very much so. And so um, my my favorite highlight about that time period is basically just proving myself right. That's that's pretty much it because I always knew I, I would. It's crazy because I quit my job the year before that and everybody laughed at me, you know. And I was a career firefighter EMT, so I did that for twelve uh, for eleven years at the time is when I when I put down okay. all my stuff and went music full time. And all my buddies, you know, the last, the last, uh, fire that I fought, I was like, you know what guys, I got to tell you something, you know, my crew. And they're like, yeah, what's up? And I was like, yo, I'm going to go on tour next year. I'm like, my whole life and I'm quitting, I'm quitting this. And they laughed and they're like, oh man, you're out of your mind. You know, you're crazy. This is good money. And I'm like, yeah, it's good money, but I, I'm not good being comfortable. I, I feel better being right. uncomfortable. I want to take life my life by the reins and control my own destiny. I don't want to follow nobody else's. And everybody looked at me like I was the craziest person on earth, laughed, all that shit. And then um, I wrote it down as an affirmation. And I'm not kidding. Exactly a day, uh, excuse me, exactly a year on the day that I wrote yeah. it in my notes on my iPhone okay. that I made the affirmation uh -huh. was when I got invited to that first tour. Whoa, look at look at the universe, Pop. Look at the universe, Pop. That's dope. Yeah, so I'm I'm a firm believer in the universe. You know, universe and God, that was all them. You know, I was just the vessel and I believed in in myself so much and I believed in that and it happened. Awesome. I wanna ask you something. I'm gonna ask you something, Pop. Uh you are huge on relationship with your fans, knowing what your fans were and feedback. Oh, you rate like you communicate with your fans back to back. What's the importance of an artist to maintain that kind of relationship with the fans in your creative journey? Um, the number one thing is providing them with value. Number one, because yeah. I'm not one that always wants to take, take, take. You know, when you when you go talk to somebody more or less, let's just say you walk into a store, and I love using examples, so forgive me, but you walk into a store, you're, right. you're going there to purchase something. You know, so you're doing, yeah. you know, this this individual's business a service by, you know, being a client, being a customer. That's right. I don't look at people like that. I look at people like, how can I help this person, even if it's a fan? You know, like, hey, I rap too, listen to my music, and I actually do. I might not say that I do. I might not tell them. I might just say, no, you will check it out. Yes, I, I'm always, always, always listening and always watching. And the other thing too is, I'm nobody. That's the way I look at it is I'm nobody important. I'm nobody special. I'm nobody, you know, great. Even though I know I have greatness inside me, I'm no better than any man or woman. And I'm no lower than any man or woman. I'm just, I'm, I'm just me. And that's, that's the, what I push to my fans is you don't have to impress people. I'm not here to impress people. I'm not here to, 
flash in front of your face my accolades i'm just looking at it like hey i believe in you i i okay like let's say this person is an actor hey i believe in your acting show me some of your stuff i would love to check it out but actually correct actually mean it there's enough cake for everybody yes yes like and that's one thing and 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 i'm being totally transparent i wasn't like that always I wasn't like that always, okay. but I changed. I changed okay. my perspective. And I'm like, you know, instead of me always asking, gimme, 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 I, I always tell myself, what can I give, 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 give to other people? Uh, that 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 is a very selfless way to look at things. That's good, man. That's that's good, man. That's that's I respect you for it. I uh, thank you. Likewise. I uh, ask you something, I'll ask you something about uh, let me ask you something about Fresh C. Now, why the name Fresh? Fresh C, where does he come from? What's the what's your actual name? And if uh, or somebody wants to write you a check for Bank of America in the future, or Mastercard, or like yo, you know, give me some. How can they connect with you directly? Who's behind Fresh C? Where did the name Fresh C come from? Well, where the name came from was actually in high school. Uh, I played sports a okay. lot, and so this girl, okay. this young girl on the basketball team, because we would always rap in the back of the bus after games, after away games, and. Okay. This girl thought she would be really funny, and my name was never Fresh C before this. This was uh, this was in high school, my freshman or sophomore year, and she just kept like okay. rapping against me. And I'm like, "Yo, like I know you can't. No disrespect. I was like, I know this woman can't rap, and I know if I say something crazy, I don't want to offend her. You know what I mean? So I kind of like took right. that. Yeah, yeah, okay. And, okay. and uh-huh. she just uh, she said some something along the lines with, uh, "Your your raps are getting stale." You need, uh, you need vitamin C. So from here on out, I'm gonna call you Fresh C. And I was like, that's a whack bar, but the Fresh C moniker never left. Yeah. It's, it's you're like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep that. Yeah, no, <laughs> it stuck with me forever. And shout out to Courtney Moore, that's her name. Um, yeah, that was okay. that was years ago. But yeah, that's that's basically where it came from um my government name is actually cody which i 100 percent dislike it doesn't even really fit me but at the same time it is what it is um but yeah that that's really where it happened it's just some random raps in the back of a of a bus on an away game and this girl you know kept calling me for sc and then the rest is history it just never went away (laughs) (laughs) all right let me ask you something first um how do you keep yourself on top of things because here we are you're writing your own music you're mixing you're mastering you're promoting every logistical aspect of of your music and your podcast those are two things back to back and you do music production tutorials like how do you keep yourself on top of things you have a lot on your plate um i mean i i don't even really have a logistic answer every time i i feel like i can ask that (laughs) i just i just I just okay. say thanks to the man above, you know, to God and to the universe. And I just love, I just okay. love working. I just get up, I get up every day at 5 a.m. and I work out, you know, meditate, right. you know, say my thanks and stuff like that. And then I have a huge, I actually have three. So I have three whiteboards. One is a primary whiteboard, okay. which is um, on a monthly basis. So 30 days. Okay. One is a weekly whiteboard and one is a six month and a year whiteboard. And so how I look at everything is I look at the list like, okay, for this year, this is what I'm supposed to accomplish, you know, with, with no matter how big or small, but on the daily, I'm always, always, always on top of my daily to make sure that I complete each one of those tasks. However, if I do not, for some reason, 
I treat myself, my, my mentality, my mental space, I treat myself well. And I tell myself like, hey, I didn't accomplish this goal for the day, but that's okay. Because we did 27 other things today or 46 other things. It's all right that I didn't meet that mark today. Tomorrow's a new day. So I think that- Tomorrow's a new day. You know, and that's the way I, I, I really work is like, you know, you got to think if you're doing so much, you know, on your own, because I have zero help. There's no, there's no consignment. There's no manager. There's no agent. There's none of that. I do everything completely on my own. But the thing is too, is mm -hmm. sometimes it could bear a lot of weight on your shoulders. And I've, and I've been there pretty, you know, quite a few times it's been dark. And I, and what I realized is the self-realization for me was I wasn't being kind to myself. I'm kind to other people. I'm, I'm grateful to other people and I'm very appreciative but when it was when the mirror was turned, I was being very harsh to myself, and I understood that that, that was taxing on my soul inside, and I didn't realize that I was kind of beating myself up. You know, it's it's one thing to go in a fight and fight Mike Tyson and go the distance, but it's another thing to lose before you get there. You know what I mean? To to lose before you even fight the battle, you're already telling yourself subconsciously. Oh, I messed up. I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't do my combos yesterday. I didn't drink enough water. You're already going into it or out of it with the wrong mindset. Instead, I have no expectations, but I have goals, if that makes sense. It does. It does. Yeah. Like basically yeah. you are, you're coming in as a contributor to the universe, not somebody who just takes. Yeah. Off. Yes. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Let me ask you, so as an artist, who are some of the artists who have inspired you, most influential people who have influenced how you you create? Um, That's a huge list, but just, uh, I'll just name a few off the top of my head. Give me a few, give me a few. Uh, yeah. I'll give you a few old ones first. So of course, Tupac, okay. um, yeah, Lauren so Hill. Uh, Lauren Hill. Oh, this one would be a tough one. Um, Nirvana. So that's, you know, going to the rock genre. Um, newer okay. artists, I would say Joyner Lucas. Uh, Eminem's okay. not a not a new artist, but Eminem, uh, 50 Cent. So there you okay. And Logic. Logic. Yeah, Logic is. Logic is in retirement? Yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. I think so, right? But he, he has he made a lot of timeless classics. I, I like. Yeah, that. and you know what? Uh, he, I feel I feel I feel bad for artists like him in in a lot of ways because I identify with him because of the biracial thing. Because you know he's half white and, and oh, yeah, he's half yeah, black, yeah. Okay. and I'm half white and half Latino. So I I resonate with. Yeah. Same thing with Joyner Lucas. Joyner Lucas is also half, and so I relate to a lot of those artists' struggles more so than not and especially because logic's a kind person mm. like he's a very positive uplifting person who likes to help people and and it's sad to see that the world picks apart those kinds of people you know what i mean like they 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 try to the world is so negative that anything positive they try to find something to show that yours just as negative yes a hundred percent a hundred percent so i i um i always give that man a, a ton of respect because instead of lashing out or uh you know counter counter attacking with saying crazy things he just keeps it with peace love and positivity all the time and i i tremendously right. respect that that's hard to do 
Vibe. Vibe. That's that, that's well, that's the purpose of an artist. Your artist, your your job, your medicine, your soul medicine to the people. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something first. See, if you if I had an extra million dollars that you know what I went and punched uh Didi in the clavicle. We had a boxing friendly boxing match and I won. He gave me a million dollars, I push it to your brand. What would you do with a million dollars if I had to be? Ah, that's a tough one. Well, for starters, I more than likely, I, I'm almost 99.9% sure I would never see a dime of that. But I would find people who need it more than me. So if there was some kind of society okay. or relief, a relief fund that actually is going to what they say they're going to, I would definitely do something like that. Okay. Um, just right off the top of my head, okay. I would make a... Um, a club and I don't want to say boys and girls club because some of those are tainted but uh some kind of club for children to go to like the youth to go to um with like a, with a boxing ring okay. so the kids that are out on the streets beating each other up they can go in there put on the gloves be men and and learn the art of boxing and get that aggression out the second thing I would do mm-hmm. is right. probably build some kind of re- recreational things in um you know violent or poverty stricken areas you know, like whether it's a park or some kind of youth facility, um, I would definitely give back to the hospitals in those communities as well. Because, you know, just just basically, without going on a tangent, I would find people who really need that money and disperse it to the people who who need it. And and regardless of how 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 they use it, hopefully for the good. I hope they use it for the good, but morally, as long as my heart's in the right place when I give them the gift for whatever it is that they take it for, then I feel like I'm contributing to something positive within the world. So that's that's kind of where I stand on that. Right, man. And, and if I had one more thing, one more thing, I have yeah. another offer. If I couldn't get a million dollars, but I got a, a one-year free rental of a big billboard out there on I-5 here in Seattle, or out there in New York, right by Times Square. What do you want people to see on that billboard? And what do you want? You got to give me also your mission statement on that billboard of what they want. You want the people to read about. Hmm. Um, you know what? I would, uh, it would probably say, it would probably say kindness is key. And literally that's it. Because I, I feel see. like when people when people see a phrase, any phrase, it could be negative or positive. I feel like right, for right. 2.5 seconds, maybe even five, they're gonna look at that and that's gonna have that's gonna have an effect on their perception for the rest of their day because they saw that billboard, they understand what it means, and I feel like that would be something positive for the world that people need to see. And I feel like it would snowball. I feel like at least bare minimum. Five percent of the people that see that billboard, of course, you know, a lot of people are going to see it. You know wh- where it's at. I feel like they five okay. percent of those people would apply them, would apply that. You apply that, correct? That message is that message is very impactful, very simple, very yeah. precise. I, I'm really a little curious though. Look, a lot of artists, a lot of artists, especially in the genre of music that you play around. They would have put like their names. My name is Fresh C. I'm fresh as the nails. I'm I'm drippy. I'm check out my album, man. One million streams. Like that's what the, they would have tried to. You just went to the kindness. Why? Why? Why did you go with that angle? Why? Did you because truthfully, it has nothing to do with your brand. It is just because I. Be, this is this is really why. Because I feel like people are a brand. You're a brand. Everybody is a brand. Sure. 
So oh. if I'm pushing mm-hmm. positivity to the people in the world, it doesn't have anything to do with me. I, you know what I mean? I, I could catch flack from the negative people because I'm not boasting or bragging or saying this and that. But at the same time, the message ain't for them. The message is for the people that understand it. Mm. And I feel like those people understand what that is. And that that's just truly what I'm about. I feel like giving back, giving back fulfills my my soul more than me taking anything. Because at the end of the day, I can't take any of this stuff with mm. me, right? When I pass away and I'm gone, all that Absolutely. people will remember yeah. me for 24 hours and then they're going to go about their business and nothing changes. They're going to go about their life. You know, unfortunately, that that's that's the truth. Sure. I mean, we all get remembered in different ways, but let's just think realistic. After that 24 hours is up, you know, it's it's over. It's a wrap. No, you know. It's over. So yeah. I would want to leave something that's intuitive for the people because it ain't about me. You know, and maybe somebody will do the same thing and pass that on to somebody else. So it's it's it, you know, else. like they always say in, in hip hop, right? Like, oh, I'm passing the baton, right? So like if Nas says something about a younger artist, like he's Nas. quote unquote passing the baton or Jay-Z, right. you know, or whatever. My right. passing the baton is reality. It's not it's not my quote unquote legacy. It's not any of that stuff. It's what what impact that I have on people while I was here. And I would hope I would hope that I was able to impact one person, just one person positively in some way, shape, or form, and then for them to hopefully pass that on to somebody else. That's really, really what the key goal is. Correct, correct. Ah, I love, I love the the passion that is behind the word. Thank That's you. dope, my brother. Now, let me steer you from music a little bit. So, how did you stumble into podcasting? How are you finding podcasting right now? And what's your favorite thing about podcasting? What's something you like um, about how- yeah so i got into podcasting i actually started the podcast in 2018 and uh what influenced me to do it was gary vaynerchuk he's a huge influencer that i love listening to we're we're a lot alike in so many ways um what i liked about it is i get to play a different role so instead of me getting interviewed i get to interview other people and i really really enjoy that because I'm no longer the highlight or the point of interest. I'm making those people the point of, of interest to, you know, show my fans other people that do great things um, other than myself. But right. I'm also using my platform and my network of people in the industry that I know to give people who may not have that kind of audience a new audience. So, you know, just mm. basically saying like, hey, look, I have right. all these all these ears let me turn all these ears to you. And this time I'm not the star. You're the star. And I want to make sure that, you you're know, I want to make sure I highlight your story and talk about you. And so that, to me, that's the most exciting part mm. because I feel like a lot of people, whether it's art- artists or, um, you know, comedians like yourself or actors or any anybody that's in the entertainment industry, yeah. these kinds of things are kind of difficult right. to come by. You know, it's hard for somebody, you know, and Very I thank cool. you for that. Thank you for, for for having Absolutely. me as well but you know those opportunities don't always come and i know what that's feel like to not have any if that makes sense so i just look at it yeah it i just look at it like hey how awesome would it be to give this individual who i think needs a light shed on them the opportunity to speak their truth to a wider audience so that's that, that's just kind of like what what i really enjoy it has absolutely nothing to do with fresh it has everything to do with the people and the people i interview correct 
Ah, oh, that's beautiful. And and uh, the name of your podcast is the Hustlers yes, Journal, correct. correct? Why do you call it the Hustlers Journal? What does the name? The embody? name basically embodies simply that, like a hustler's journal. So a hustler, somebody who's out there, go get, you know, a, a go yeah. get, or somebody uh-huh. who doesn't wait for anybody else, they just go and do it. You know, and so I look, I look at other people who have those same characteristics of a hustler. They might not be quote unquote a hustler like we, like we may look at it, but they're a hustler in their own right. You know, they might be a manager of yeah. a corporation. They might be, you know, a, a, a radio host, or they might be a guitarist in a band or, you know, this goes on and on. Yeah. But all that is, is a portion of hustle because you didn't just wake up and become a guitarist. You didn't just wake up and become a radio or podcast host or a comedian or a rapper. You had to train, you had to put in the work. Yeah. That's hustle to me. You had to pay your dues. Yeah, and so the, the reason why I chose the Hustler's Journal is number one, I feel like hustling in every sense of the word is what kept me alive and got me to this point. And the second part, being a journal, is just mm-hmm. like going back to what I was saying when I was six, being a journalist. So now I get to be the journalist of your hustling story. Of your hustle, correct. You're yeah. documenting it for them. You're making them tired. Yeah, 100%. I'll always tell my friends, like, one of the things I love about podcasting right now is we are actually writing our diaries yes. online. Like, whether, whether like, God forbid, I my, like, me and you don't make it to see next year or the year after, our stories are online. Like, you'll always find them. Like, we have left, like, a band and noble online. You can always follow the track, yes. follow the system, follow the footprint, find out the story of the person. We're making each other timeless. So I'm, I'm thinking to me, podcasting, that's the biggest thing I get from it. I'm like, we're not writing a book, but in case somebody wants to know your story, there's a place that can yeah, get it in 100%. 30 minutes. Yeah, no, that's the truth. That's the truth. It's documented. It's documented. Like, I'm documenting you. Like, years from now, everybody will know at this moment, yes, this is how you yep, are thinking. I agree. Yeah, that's the best way. To- Let me ask yeah, you something. What's the future, Freshy, of your journey? I, I know you said you're prepared till 2024, yeah. 25, right? Five years from now, six years from now. But I know you just released a new project. Uh, uh, my head gets right? loud, yeah. But Spaceship is one of the songs off of that. Yes, that's correct. Oh, my head oh, gets loud. My bad. My head gets loud. Now, talk to us about my head gets loud, the future of where you're taking the brand and what the fans should expect from you. Yeah, um, my head gets loud. I actually made that in less than three days um, when this whole pandemic really hit. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So, wow. That yeah, I made, I made it in uh, less okay. than 72 hours. I think documented it's like 68.9 or something. And I did it entirely by myself. Um, but the the here here here's the puzzle piece for that. And and I'll, I'll give this to you because I'm, I'm okay. very appreciative of being on your show. All of my releases, all of my releases from 2015 to the present. There's all puzzle pieces and they all intersect together. So there's messages in one on one EP or one single or another song that if you go backwards, they actually tell you a bigger story of what's to come. Now, when I when I mean that, this is this is I'll try to keep it as simple as possible because some people out there in the world may not get how complex this is, but it's it's not that it's it's not that hard. So my head gets loud. Each song track title in the entire project is based off emotions. Every song is about a specific emotion that all of us feel. Everybody, man, woman, every color, creed, we all feel these emotions. 
And that's what each song, Spaceship, uh, the title, My Head Gets Loud, um, Why You Gotta Go, um, you know, Destination Unknown, all these, all these songs, while the listener is listening to them and I'm, you know, I'm telling my story, it's really not entirely about my story. My Head Gets Loud is about other people's stories and how they feel. Yeah, it's loosely based on me, but at the same time, it's actually based on other people. It's really perspective. So when you push play, it's like 16 minutes and some change, a full playthrough. It's very short. It's actually taking a journey through your mind. So in the beginning, in the beginning of the story, I seem to be awake. But at the conclusion of the story, I wake up. So the whole thing basically is your subconscious. So my head gets loud in the picture. I lost my best friend. He passed away in the midst of literally when I was in Seattle. He passed away while I was in a recording session. And that's how that whole thing got birthed. And that's why I created the art the way I did, because every each and every one of us, our heads get loud. And this was my way to quiet it down and, and give some give people a totally different side of music, because I've never done anything like that before it's lo-fi it's hip-hop it's jazzy it's consensual so it's basically a uh, a movie it's in cinema it's it's a cinematic story in audio form but it's really for your mind now as far as the future is concerned um there's a lot of things coming out um i may or may not i'm definitely not next year but i've never dropped an album I've always dropped original pieces of music, but not an album. So I'm hoping in 2022 is is what we set forth that my debut album will actually come out next year. There'll be a collection of EPs, music. Um, I'm on a few movie soundtracks um, musically, um, also on the score. So I've done some, uh, you know, because I write scripts like the whole My Head Gets Loud was actually a script for um, a short film. And so, so to look at it from perspective, um, movies, different movies and television shows, music, of course, um, doing a lot more things with Twitch um, on that platform. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Twitch is popping. Yeah, and then the same thing, a podcast. Um, There's so much in store. Just I'm going to give fans a lot of uh, a lot of things that they've been wanting for the last year or so. And they're they're gonna get a lot of that next year. Okay. Mm. And I'm I'm gonna ask you something. Where are you based right now? No, I'm based, based in, in Arizona. Oh, awesome! I'm what's the weather like in Arizona right now? Cause Seattle's <laughs> raining, bro. Seattle's no, it's uh, it's actually raining right now. Ironically, it's been raining all day. Um, and I I think Arizona has that weather. I wanna live there for just one year that i come back just just one whole year that i don't yeah no uh, it's it's a it's a very different uh kind of weather here you know the summers are are deathly hot you know 120s easy um in the winters depending on Uh where you're located i'm kind of more southeast so it we get a little bit of everything we get a little bit of rain little bit of you know Uh, really hot days we get some cold days it's kind of a really it's like a toss-up oh man but i one thing i know about fresh eat is your future is bright even if it's raining in arizona even if it's not raining or no expansion in seattle is you're brave and manage to keep your brand 
steady, consistent online. I follow you on um, on Instagram. I've seen your growth. I saw you posted yes. your Spotify rap uh, from 2018 to 2020. That was massive, man. Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. You, I appreciate bro. it. That was you went you almost double like it's, that that growth is what we are talking about. May the universe, God above, bless your hustle, fam. Let me know how my platform can elevate you, fam. Can you know amplify your brand so that yeah, I'm like I'm a bounce ideas. I need a I need a sexy picture for this post, by the way. This one here, so that I can post this. <laughs> I need this on here. But I gotta ask you uh, two more questions, two last questions before you go. Okay, so one, what would you advise anybody? You know any. Anybody who's trying to start out just just the way you did in your music journey. Um, to always be yourself, and I, and I know that sounds that sounds mm. very cliche and simple, but it's really more complex than a lot of people can uh, digest. Because uh, for one, you know what we see, like we're let, let's let's say it like this, like social media, we only that's only a portion of somebody. Right. Even me, you know, I don't share my family stuff. I don't share personal mm. things. It's it's basically a platform for my fans. So you're only seeing one, uh, you know, a, a, cer- a certain part of my life. Everybody is like that, right? And and the problem with it is, though, the one thing that yeah. I'm always proud of is I always I'm always transparent with with my entertainment side and what I do and my hustle because it is real. It's genuine. It's really what I do. I really have bad days. I really have great days. I you know and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like people only show the good days. So I think. I think also being right. transparent as a person and, and also knowing how to be a leader and how to be a leader is being a great follower because you got to be able to follow. Mm, say speak it, speak it again. Yeah, how to be a great leader, yes, you got to be a follower. And I think some, you know, that's one thing. And I'll, I'll throw an extra one is is don't skip steps. Everybody takes time. Everybody gets their one opportunity, no matter what that may be or, or, or what it's going towards. You, you'll always get that one opportunity. But you got to be ready for that opportunity and take advantage of it as well. And you can't do it if you're skipping steps. You can't do it if you're lying about your life or it's fictional. You, you, if you're not being genuine to yourself and you're not believing in yourself, being a true person, then then why should you or I believe that person? Why should you or I ever, you know, cop their album or listen to to their skits, you know, when they're doing stand up or watch their movies if they're not genuine people? Just be yourself. Why should I follow you? Exactly. Why should I listen? Exactly. To you? More life, bro. And the next question, the last question, uh, this is: What's the biggest myth about rappers or anybody in hip hop out there? Because my mother thinks all hip hop people who listen to hip hop, make hip hop, produce hip hop, they're all drug dealers and they're gonna make you go to jail. So I always have to convince <laughs> them all: it's an art, it's an art like spoken, spoken, uh, spoken word. It's an art like. Ball, ballet, it's an art like playing uh, or cello. It's art, mama. I know they're just talking. They talk, talk, and they jump and they talk. I'm like, yeah, that's, it's art. So, what's the biggest myth you've seen that you? I would have to say uh, the perception of let's just use our our peers, like the greats. I think the perception of our greats yeah. not being human like us. You know, they're they're not anymore. You know, they're different just like us. They have emotions just like us. They have bad times just like us. And I feel like a lot of, you know, plenty of people out there, the people that you idolize, quote unquote, um, they're just like you. They have problems just like you. They're normal just like you, you know? And I think the, the, the basis is to, to put it is 
all all musicians, I wouldn't even say rappers, I would just say all musicians, we're human too. You know, we're human. We're not superhuman. We're not immune to the pandemic. We're not immune to pain or fear or, you know, hate, things like that. We're, we're all the same. We're all the same. We go through the same problems. We have the same struggles. Yes, Everything 100%. Is the same. We're all the same. We're no different. We're no different at all. Uh, vibes and vibes, man. Freshie, thank you again for taking time off your busy schedule because I know you're a busy man. Uh, to talk to us, come on my platform and share your journey with us, where you're going, what inspired you behind the music. You know, behind the music is just as important 100%. as the finished product. So I'm happy. Oh, no, 100%. Learning. I just right? want to, I want to thank you. Thank you for even allowing me to be on your platform. Thank you, thank you for reaching out to me. Um, I'm grateful. I'm grateful you gave me that. an hour of your time. I appreciate your time, sir. So thank you so much for having me on your show. I appreciate you, sir. Fresh C, where can they find you online, though? Where can they find you? Where can they find you on Instagram, social All media, social everywhere? Social media Plug is at the real Fresh C. Everything. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, let me let me ask you one question, if I may, uh, before we go, because I I feel go like ahead. I don't want this to all be about me. What? Why do you <laughs> ahead, podcast? Bro. Why do you do this? Um, COVID kind of like separated us a little bit. Like I'm a I uh my craft depends on me interacting with you. Yeah, I have to interact. I was stuck in the house yeah. for a long time. I can't talk to anybody whose phone number I don't have. That means I can't reach anybody apart from the five right. people I talk to every day. But I have content to create. And the more the COVID went on, it went from two months to almost a year. I realized people's perception of comedy has shifted. What they want to consume as yeah. music has shifted. You know what I'm saying? How they dress has shifted. That's how people are doing all these Zoom meetings with with a dress shirt, but boxes at the bottom. People have shifted a lot of things. So I had to shift my style as well. How can I get to know the mental landscape of everybody I'm trying to entertain right. without actually talking to them? No, I... So it, it made me a better storyteller because, you know, you're a storyteller. When you're rapping, when you're connecting your EPs, the, the content of yes, your sir. songs, that's storytelling, 100%. right? I'm storytelling 100%. as well. So when you're storytelling, you got to practice storytelling by telling stories more. And that's where my podcast came in. I got I to gotta tell the stories, whether it's for mental health. And I loved There's something you fascinated me by. You said, it got to a point with your brand, you stopped doing it for you. You also wanted other people to jump on board. Yes, 100%. Teamwork. So I, I, so I became this guy I wanted to know things that helped me, like mental health, like therapy, like uh, all this from autism to ADHD to... Things that I'm like, I've seen this before, but nobody talks about the knowledge about educating each other. What are the struggles of a step parent? What are the struggles of, of this kind of job? Moving out, beginning in a new country. So I became this voice for a lot of people. And, and I respect it. Thank you so much for what you do because, you know, and I and I don't know how, how you look upon yourself, but I, I look upon myself with creators and, and I'm going to just say visionary because I feel like people like us are visionaries we see we see something we see a problem and we, we try to you know convey that and try to solve it or try to get people involved in what those things are because just like you said people don't talk about therapy people don't people don't talk about a lot of subjects that are 
jaded or are tough to talk about. And if you're willing, if you're willing to take the dive yeah. into that, then my man, you got my utmost respect for doing so. Cause that's not a, that's not an easy job. You know, you could be in it as I'm, I'm trying because uh, I was in the music industry for quite a bit too, first year. I don't know if I told you, I used to produce music. I was one of the, uh, the biggest uh, spitters and producers of music in the diaspora in the States from Kenya. Okay. That's like 10 years ago, nine years ago. But uh, when I, I morphed from uh, music, um, because originally it was just an, I was an actor in Kenya and I wanted to go back to acting yeah. and do more stage stuff. And anytime I try to explain my stories, I want to make sure people understand before every glass of Chardonnay, there has to be a, a farmer yes. who plants the great struggles and get bit by thorns and buzz and all these things before that glass ends up on the table. So I have a lot of, I like posting a lot of good yeah. aesthetic stuff online. But I also want people to understand yeah. before I got here, okay, before I got here, before I got on this truck in Australia, before I got on this award in South Africa, this, look at what I had yeah, to do. Yeah, that's, uh, and th- that's what it's really all about. It's about the journey. And if you if you can explain your journey and how Correct. how you became great, you didn't just wake up and you're just like, oh yeah, hey guys, you know I'm doing awesome. My life is great. No, you go through the struggle and you persevere through the obstacles in which you know were put set forth before you and hurdled them, you know, to, to for the better. You know, so I respect that. I definitely respect that. And no, I did not know any of that. So I'm definitely intrigued. Um, I I do follow you adamantly, uh, like you said, for about a year now. And um, I always love your content because it's just, uh, it's positive, it's vibrant, um, I, you're really interactive, like uh, there's a few times I've got on your lives, um, and just kind of like be a fly on the wall, just kind of watch mm-hmm. and see, and I just enjoy your perspective of life, and I enjoy hearing the things that you tell other people, so, um, you know, I appreciate what you do, and that's why I wanted to en- uh, to end it with that, by asking you a question, because I feel like you know, yeah, you invited me on your you, platform. I'm appreciative, but at the same time, it's not all about me, man. It's about you too. You, you, you know, just like you said, how it starts, right? You started this podcast to be able to shed light on other people's stories and give yeah. them an opportunity. But I'm going ahead and turn that. Because they see us, they see we're public figures. They always see you. You're always you on stage. You on a photo shoot. You here. When will you step back and just? yeah and and i agree with that because it's not about me my like i told you before like my kind of mission statement like you mentioned before is the bigger picture is not me i'm just the vessel i'm I'm the boat on on the river and i made it i made it across and i'm now i'm going back to the homeland and i'm like hey you guys can get on this boat and you can make it across too here's how i did it maybe i'll help you here's the boat here's the path you don't have to choose the same path that i did or go through the same things but I'm willing to help you. Here's my hand. Would you like to join me? And that's the way that I, that's the way that I look at, um, you know, how you just explained it right now is you made it across the river. You became successful and you're willing to put your hand out and say yes to this, this man or this woman. Would you like to come across, you know, le- lending them a hand? Because a, a, a lot of people are very selfish. And when they get across the river, They'll sit over there while yeah. the other side of the river is starving and they, they might not have anything to eat. They don't know where their meal's coming from. It's poverty stricken. And they'll sit on the other side and eat in front of them. That's how I look at some, some of these people. But instead, mm. let's give the people some food. You know we're not going to eat that whole 
table full of food and turkeys and all this stuff. Why not save enough for your, you know, give to the people, get enough for yourself, but feed the people. Feed the people first. You last, me last. Feed the people first. And that's the way I look. I look at this is feeding other people makes me feel full. And I believe that. I like the way you said I like the way you said we I appreciate best. it. Yeah, and, I, and and again, thank you so much for like I said, for giving me an hour of your time, sir, because you don't have to do that. You know, I'm like You're welcome. Uh, the only love we get to yes, keep I is agree. the one you give away. I agree. All right, brother. Be blessed, man. Uh shout out to you and your family. Bless up, have a good week. I'll post this for you, but I'll post your link of All right, you too. Have a great man. day. Up, Peace. tuning in to the show please remember to like share and subscribe to general matambo uncut podcasts now available on all platforms au revoir